You're listening to a 7th edition Call of Cthulhu podcast titled Cthulhu in Cairo, brought to you by the Bardic College. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to the show to receive notifications as our future episodes release. You can visit us on Facebook at the Bardic College. Viewer discretion is advised. It's that time again. Uh, It's 5 a.m. on a Monday, and it's Cthulhu in Cairo time. And if you download it later in the day, that's fine, too. It's okay. But we do have a bunch of people that pick it up at 5, and that's kind of neat. So welcome back, everybody. Uh, I'm Raz, and you are joined with by the entire group. Uh, I'll introduce them just very quickly without... We have a lot to get going and cover. This is probably going to be a a little bit longer than a standard episode, so uh, settle back and relax. But we have Catherine, uh, Vadim, Jack, Faye, and Ella all on mic tonight, which is going to be a lot of fun. And when we last last left them off, uh, they were in Kenya at Kubawazi, as you probably remember. And it had been decided that the team wanted to join Vadim when he went to speak to the witch doctor of the tribe, Sektu. Sektu. Yeah, Sektu. And uh, Catherine, though, did have a moment. Catherine had a uh, a repast. Is that how you say, it, Catherine? A repast with yeah, good. Uh, with yeah, small meal, yeah, small meal with uh, Lord Cavendish uh, on on the lanai, out on the veranda, and that was basically just to kind of let Jack know that he's still a little miffed. He's still a little little bunched in the trousers, and we're just having to deal with that right now. So, but of course, Jack played it very smooth. Didn't rub it in his father's face. Which was good. Everybody's there, there's peace on the old Kubawazi estate, as always. Daddy um, is such a character. <laughs> there we go. So, um, Catherine all right, pulled team. her next old man. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Catherine, uh, Catherine uh, had to uh, sit there with preserves versus jelly. Uh, real quick, show of hands: who's a preserves and who's a jelly person? Preserves? Anybody it's... prefer preserves? Can I say I like jam? You could say you like jam, good. but jam's good. Yeah. What's the difference between jam and jelly? More uh, whole fruits and jam. Jam. So you're more, yeah. you're more of a jam guy, but not a preserves guy. And jelly's preserves more. Okay. Jelly's more, I guess, uh, to me, sweet. like Jello and sweet and jiggly instead yeah, of jam. More of, the ju- more of the juice, and then they add yep. a lot of sugar into it. Yeah. A lot of sugar. Yeah. Jelly's more sweet. It's a cheaper <laughs> version of it. Essentially, it goes further. Like make more of it. Riveting discussions on Cthulhu jam, jelly, or preserves? Confectionaries. I like preserves better. I feel like they're heartier. Little did we know he's choosing the fate of all of our deaths. Right. We shall mm-hmm. die by jelly. Wait, is is marmalade? You shall on the be table? preserved. Why? You know, Faye, we we I, I, we had two, and then we had to go to three, and then you just waltz back into the conversation, and now you throw marmalade. You, you know, know marmalade is not there. No, I don't know. She's the word pretty and marmalade. She's English. Boom. They're like marmalade people. Oh no, I like all the more. Two minutes, two minutes, thirty-eight seconds. What the fuck? Wait a minute. Orange? Orange marmalade is so good. Now, why I, are all marmalades oh orange? God. I've never heard like apricot marmalade. I don't know. Actually, that is a really good. Mm. Hold on a second. Oh, good lord! Now we're googling. The, the real question is marmalade I would like to put and, in and a fourth related. contender. Ooh. No, oh, marmalade is a fourth. A fifth contender. A fifth contender because oh, we got ham, jelly, Marmal- preserves. Now marmalade. Is a fruit preserve made oh, from the preserve. juice and peel of citrus fruits boiled mm. with sugar and water. So marmalade's oh, just um, oh preserves adjacent. I'm just curious. Catherine, were you going to say currants? I was going to say, no, no, no. 
Nutella. In terms of like fruit spreads, no, he's not a fruit yeah. spread. I'm a curd bitch. Curd, lemon curd, the yeah. best. Like lemon curd, curd and toast. So I've, never, I've never, I've never heard that that elegant jam. group of people called mm. bitches. I'm a curd bitch. <laughs> right. Whatever, whatever of the five freaking spreads you felt should be on that table, Lord Cavendish, <laughs> with the exception of marmalade, Lord Cavendish would have, would have definitely. What had someone bring that out? The marmalade was obviously taken by Faye, the only person in the house who's ever asked for marmalade, and she had to scrape off the top of the jar because it's been old and crusty and icky because nobody eats marmalade. Am okay. I going to have a repeat of what happened to me in Russia <laughs> when I ate the three-day-old stew? You mean the borscht trots? That was a yeah. tough The borscht trots. <laughs> I got yes, borscht. Would you ate the stew that was really three-day-old soup that was no good? All right, Jack, I know it's early. It's like 10 a.m. right now. Um, the idea of visiting Sec 2 can be done, you know, whenever you want. But you were going to sure. get, I guess, a vehicle together and then you uh, bring the entire team over. Because, Mel, just you were going as well, right? Everybody had agreed that they wanted to join Vadim uh, over yeah, at the uh, the village. Sure. I definitely think I'll, I'll play chauffeur. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's your truck. I mean, I don't know why anybody would else drive it except for Catherine. Let me drive it. Oh, very interesting that you added that. Why anybody else would drive my truck except for Catherine? That's a very interesting comment. Because Catherine has the best drive skill, I thought. Unless somebody's yeah, it's not like a you know like a territorial thing. Well, except for Catherine, because your father just gave her the truck. Um. He did give me the keys. (laughs) Not shocking. Not shocking at all. It's my first wooing gift. (laughs) Let my son ride a horse. (laughs) He could use the exercise. Let him walk. The truck is brought around, or you you're able to go over to the uh, the old tank with the the crank pump and put a couple gallons of uh, extra diesel just to top it off, and you're able to bring it around front. By the time everybody gets organized, it's probably about ten thirty. Because remember, I did say everyone slept a little bit more because they had gotten to bed so late that night the night prior. Vadim, a question for you, and I, I'm not sure we covered this last time, so I just want to clarify. Uh, as Oslin and now, Anna uh, is supposed to be staying behind, right? She's, She's going to stay with Paulina. With Paulina and the other two girls. Yeah. Yeah, let's head over to the to the village. Jack, it's a normal day. Uh, it's pretty nice out for the time of year. It's a, I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. It's summer, right? So we're in the winter in the Europe, summer in the south. Sure. sure. So the, so uh, it's pretty dry warm. season, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty dry. Uh, but you're able to make it your way over there in about, you know, 70 to 90 minutes in, in the truck. You do see some animals. You know, your friends are probably a little interested, but there's a lot going on right now. So sure, I probably point them out as we're as we're going. You know, yeah. tell them about the animals or you know, okay, their, their now, role. Now, Jack, were you bringing Kakiyangu with you to talk to the village that sells? Yeah, yeah, I was going to. Well, the idea was I was going to go get Kakiyangu. He right. was going to He was going to escort them into the village since I'm not allowed in the village. So okay, so Kakiyangu is with you, and the truck. You pull up the truck, and you know it's. I'll pull up the truck just outside of the village, and then he can escort them into the village. Sure. Yeah, because Vadim's going to have to bring to bring Oz with him. Using Correct. the wheelchair, Vadim to carry it to wheel him in, or are you just going to carry him over? How would you thinking of doing that? I think we have the wheelchair in the truck, but uh, I think once we get there, I'll just carry him. You know, rough terrain and whatever, not necessarily like ADA friendly, maybe. Yeah. Um. So just uh, just carry him, make it easier. Sure. Plus, I'm kind of in the back of my head thinking if I need to beat a hasty retreat, I'm going to be hauling him with me in my arms as it is. So sure, might, might as well not risk losing the chair. Understood. Okay. All right. 
yeah, that's where we're at. So they're at the village. Uh, the villagers see the truck pull up. They see Kakayangu get out. Jack, you're in the, you're still in the driver's seat sitting there. Um, Mama Kenda's, you know, she's, you see her walking past. She looks in the direction of the vehicle. People, people seem inquisitive, curious, but no one is a, any approaching either. They're not like running out to see you guys, to see everybody who's arriving. The team disembarks from the truck. Oz, you know, um, Bottom gets out carrying Oz. And then Kakayangu looks at you, Jack, and says, brother, what am I saying here? What do I say to the to these people, uh, to our people? Um, well, Sek- you're going to have to be my helpmeet, unfortunately, because you know the situation that I'm in with Sektu, that bastard. So I, I would introduce them in my stead. You are my brother. And let them know that uh, it was our idea that perhaps Sektu, if he's in the mood, could assist with uh, determining what might be wrong with the boy and if he can help. But brother, they... Possibly to keep sharp implements away from Catherine. Brother, they are... They are of the same... They are the same flesh as you as well. They need to... Is there no way you can come in and, and, and make peace with with, with Sektu and, and the tribe to... They would have to allow me in. They're the ones that kicked me out. The, the choice is not mine. The, if you want to go in and ask him, if he invites me and in, I'll come in. But I, I am respectful of their privacy as, as I expect them to be uh, respectful of mine. I will go speak to them, brother, because I, I know this will mean helping these people and he's speaking to you in the tribal tongue, okay? Because he wants to make sure that he doesn't offend them, to offend right. Faye and Vadim, especially Vadim with his son and Catherine uh, and Ella. He says, brother, right now, you know, our people have always been, they look beyond the tone of a skin. We don't, we, we don't see the shell of a, of a man or a woman. We see, we know the spirit. But if your spirit is not in harmony to the rest of the tribe and to Sektu, the, the chances of favors are going to be difficult. I I can speak for them, but I, I you know Well then perhaps if you're if you are this concerned, perhaps we should wait here and you can go speak to Sektu and, and your mother and ensure that I will be allowed in the village. Because God forbid I don't want them to think the white devil has come to bring hell to earth. It is devil jack that they fear not white devil not they that means nothing i but i will speak to them uh, uh, the cheetah looks different from the leopard the, the leopard different from the lion we identify that way but i think no less of the lion to the cheetah they're all the same they are cats they are hunters they are predators that is what they are i don't i don't look down on the boar for being a boar it is just what it is i will speak to him and he starts walking. So, um, did... I, I look, as I say, I look to the others and I say, uh, he will make the way. Uh, he is insistent upon my coming with you. However, there is a complication, and I tap my glasses in that uh, I, last time I came here, I was forcibly removed from the village and told that I was no longer welcome. All right, Catherine? Because of the. She points to. Yeah, um, he tapped his glasses. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the. Yes, absolutely. I came seeking help like a oh. fool, thinking that perhaps Sektu would help me, but instead they have decided to be fearful 
and they want me to be gone. So that's terrible. They have banished me from their village. And in my very fair temper, I have banished them from my land, with the exception of those that work on the estate. And it is also why I'm no longer staying at the main house and why I'm in a cottage next to yours, is because my father did not seem to see eye to eye with me on my decisions. So uh, in respect to the old goat, I moved to the forest edge of the residences. Uh, Are we all hearing Jack uh, explain this? I would think so. I mean, I, I can't imagine you've wandered all far from the truck seeing Kakayangu walking away. Jack, and he's in, this, uh, he's in this, regular clothing as well. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Scott. Vodham turns to Jack as he's, you know, he's kind of preparing Oz, right, to, to carry him. And he turns to Jack and says, um, I, I'm sorry, my friend, for your difficulty. Um, but are, are they going to care for my son? Is, is my son in any danger here? I put a hand out on his shoulder and I say, I will mitigate my squabbles if possible. That is what Kakiengu has gone to do. To seek um Oh, I don't even to allow them to let me in the village so that I may accompany you to speak on your behalf. But if they treat you this poorly, could they could they not treat my son unfairly? Well, I don't know that it would be your son. So I I honestly don't know what they would do. I thought I used to know what they would do, and I was incredibly trusting, and I am a believer in the religion, yet somehow I did not see that they would see me as bedeviled and uh, chose not to help me, but to ostracize me. So I, I don't want to lie to you, my friend. It is possible that he will not help, but it is also possible that he will. Although old and stubborn, he is also incredibly learned and intelligent, and he can see things that others cannot see. So I, I think it's worth the try. Yeah, and I, th- I think that what the, the, the main point is, do you think Sektu would do harm? Uh, no, right? I mean, uh, that's... No, 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 no. He no, would no. never do harm. No, the, the, I think yeah. you know, the worst that would happen is what they did to me, which right. was to banish me from the village and turn their backs on me. Vadim's picturing like, you know, superstitious natives, you know, overreacting and, you know, doing something or such. Yeah, that, that would be a really this good, it'd be a really just, appropriate uh, thought you're having. Yeah, no, no. I'm saying this is just his limited, you know, mm-hmm. his, you know, culturally limited point of view. So, Absolutely. No, yeah. it makes a lot of sense. Like, well, hey, whoa, whoa, before, if they're not helping you, what the hell? Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't harm. Yeah, and I, and that's the key. The, 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 the idea that they didn't harm Jack, they just... They kind of turned away when he in his, when this moment that they needed him. But again, they're the the superstition of what's been happening in Jack's solo adventures and things. It starts to explain how the tribe has this mentality of dealing with certain things, and it's been consistent. So this will be interesting to yeah. see what Sektu does. But again, Kakayangu's part of the tribe. They you know we'll see. So yeah, okay. he starts. He comes back. It's not long. Um, Mama Kenda doesn't approach. She stays by the hut. Kids um, have kind of pulled off to the side, left the straight alleyway that leads to the the central fire that sometimes is used, and then where they have the stones laid out, and then there's several huts around, and then in the back is Sektus. That pathway kind of, you know, he kind of starts motioning up, you know, walking up, and he sees everyone. And in his best broken English, he says, the brother has explained many things uh, to me about what is going on, but... 
Jack, I've, I need to understand more before I can say if there is help or not for this boy. And he looks at him, he looks at you, Vadim, and he says, you come to me as a father uh, with a child who is, who is ill. I will do what I can once I understand if anything can be done. Vadim nods in approval. And he looks at the others and he says, all are welcome here upon the ground of our people. I just need to speak to Jack Cavendish a moment. Sektu, before we speak aside, I wanted to introduce my friends. I did not want to be rude to them. Um, this is Faye Dawson. She is a close friend of mine. She is very stout of heart and very brave and very intelligent. And she is interested in, in old civilizations. He, he looks at her and he's, he, he kind of walks a little closer and you know, looks in Faye's face. And he's, he's like, you were there when it woke. Because of you, because of your father, it woke. It is good that you should try to be there when it goes to slumber again. Faye's just silent and staring <laughs> at him. Yeah, Jack. Jack rubs, you know, sort of rubs his shoulder with his arm as if to say, like, it's okay. He's a pain in the ass. Um, <laughs> and then uh, he turns. He turns to Catherine and said, "This, this is Catherine Walsh. She is a medical person. She is the closest thing to a doctor that I have seen, and uh, she is also the same person that healed me when I almost died. Um, she is." An amazing woman with an amazing temper. So be careful. And he, he approaches you, Catherine, and he... Healers are gifts from the gods. Um, it is good to know that you are able to repair the broken. I hope one day what is broken for you can also be fixed. Thank you. Okay. And, uh... uh... How... Did he get, like, super close to me? Like, like are we hugging? What? Like, what? If you wish to reach out and hug the witch... No, I'm, no I'm good. I sort okay. of see it as sort of like a small line, and I'm just sort of working okay. my yeah, way down. Like, gentle, like a receiving line at a wedding. Gentle path. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh, okay. so Jack just sort of puts a hand on your on your forearm, sort of like, yeah. thank so, you. I think what we just found out is Catherine did the first ever fist bump recorded in human history. She just extended her hand. That was like, yeah, thanks. My man. My man. <laughs> and then, right on, right on. <laughs> so then I, I turned to Ella and I say, and, and this is Ella Walcott, a very special woman with a very special gift, not unlike your own, but in slightly different ways. She has gifts beyond this physical realm. Oh, Jack, please. We know we don't share that information with new guests. Bonjour. Jack Cavendish. She does bad things. Her heart was in the right place, but she's done bad things. I ask that you stay only on the path to my hut, please, Miss Walcott. Your heart may have been pure with your intention, but it has blackened. You have crossed to a terrible side. 
I, I stare at Ella. Ella's, and I'm like, Ella's really? usually flaky, bright face, furrows, goes dour. She looks like she's going to say something, but bites her tongue and goes, Understood. And with respect, I go where Vadim asks me to go, for he has requested my counsel on this. Before it is done, he may need you. He may need all of you. Which is why I want, I welcome you to this, to this hut, to this place. But please, you, there is an ink about you. The colors are fading, Ella. I hope they will come back. Maybe today we can help get some of them back. Uh, Jack I deserve it. She, Jack she mumbled, like, kind of like, wow. I kind of have she, like a wow. She mumbles to herself, maybe the person next to her is it, who said I deserved it. <laughs> who, who said you deserved it? Like, he said, oh, you're going to get your colors back, maybe some of your colors back. Who said I deserved that? Oh, is that like, what you, what oh, saying. that's what Ellis yeah. says. Okay, got mm-hmm. it. Yeah. yeah. And, and then he, he turns to Vadim and he said, and this, this last final friend that I greet you with, I do with purpose. He has become a brother in arms, one that I trust, one that together we help protect. He is a man who gets things done. He is a man of action. He is a man of decision. He is very strong. He is very stout of heart. And his son is the person that we have come to speak to you about. And I, I, I sort of crouch down next to Aslan and I put my hand on Aslan's shoulder and I say, this is Aslan, very special boy. And I was hoping that perhaps you might talk to him and see if there was a way that you could help him. He looks at you, Vadim, and he says, do you still carry them? Out of character. I did I I thought I gave those to Ella. Okay. Or did uh, I not? I thought that you took them back, but that was what I you know what? I think you're right. I'm she sorry, used them what and then you... she lifted. Yeah. Scott knows exactly what I'm looking for, so I was just asking. So he he just says, Do you still carry them? <clears throat> Vadim looks at him kind of taken aback. It wasn't what he was expecting to think about right now. Mm-hmm. And he, oh, oh, though, no. uh, okay. sorry, no, that's good. Oh, he, he, he uncertainly kind of says, Yes, yes, I do. He puts his hand slowly out towards you on your shoulder. He says, And then it is right that you carry this boy. A father should always be there to carry a child, all of his children. And he kind of grips you like you did. You were doing the right thing. By saying no, it would have been interesting. But you've agreed that, yeah, I carry a, a, a part of them with me all the time, right? I've got that. And yeah. he says, okay, like that's a good thing. So he says, please, come and we will, we will see what we can discover. We will see together what we can do. I am your humble servant. So everybody walks down the, the corridor uh, the, the, this, you know, this central pathway, uh, it's dirt, you know, but it's, it's a central pathway through the village. 
the towards Sektu's hut. Nobody, nobody's shouting or or you know making the, the signs to get wards against evil at this point. That's been done. They've done the thing, you know. They've done the, these things along the way with this bojo. This this when they're frightened of something or they think it's bad, they they've named it this kind of a type of magic. But you know, Ella, no one else is picking up on on you like he could, right? He's the he's the gifted one among the tribe as far as that empathic feeling, that that sense of people. So, but the rest of the tribe just sees a bunch of outsiders coming down the street. It's not, it's nothing like they're hissing or spitting or throwing things at you. It's nothing so like that. did he invite yeah. me to come to his tent yes. or no? Yeah, he said, come on. So the, then are they turning away as I walk towards them? They just are walk, looking at the stranger's pass. The turning away was symbolic of a choice. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, right. So right now they're just watching strangers walk through the, the village. No one's greeting you as Jack. Only he's been, only he's done that. They're kind of just, they're kind of just watching people walk by, like as if they didn't know them. Right. Again, the soul means a lot. And they, they feel that the soul in you has had an issue and they'll, we'll deal with that as we go through it. Believe me, it's going to, it'll come out. Yeah. As, as player, um, the, the hut itself, as he opens the door, uh, Jack, you, you get the familiar sense of the smells and the, 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 what's normally in here. There's all kinds of, um, natural and um, paraphernalia, snake skeletons. You know the 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 line of the snake um, that 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 without the skin on it, that look to it. It's he's got jars of pastes and powders, and 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 they're in pots. Some jars, some things that maybe that they've brought back from from Kubawazi from the actual uh, house itself. If there was like a jar that had a small crack or a lid that was missing, he's using that and he puts another lid, you know, a cloth covering over it. Um, he has his own central small fire. Something's always boiling on the in this this pot that's over the top of it. Um, there's room enough for everybody to come in and sit. There's 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 like mats and things on the floor, so it's a semi permanent dwelling, right? It, it's been here for months, uh, but it could be knocked down and moved if it had to. The um, the inside, though, is there's bats hanging from the ceiling. It's 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 arranged like if you ever went into like a House of Blues or a Louisiana thing, you know. But now picture it in an Afrikaans type type situation. The, everything is from the land. Everything has something to do with the plants that that grow in Kenya, the animals that travel through Kenya, the, you know, the the Thomas Gazelle skull with artwork on it. It's it's all that kind of stuff. Paraphernalia throughout the whole hut. Like there's just no space except where to sit. So he invites everybody in. And he gets Vodham to sit with Oslin, you know, across from him. And and everybody else kind of comes down. And he plops down and he's like, so how did, how did the boy become like this? How did he fall into a waking slumber? This is, uh, this is the mystery, uh, good sir. We, uh, all of us, have no memory. There is a period of time that we just do not remember anything. And apparently during this time, this happened to my son. He looks, at, he looks around. He says, all of, all of you together were, were together when this happened? Well, not, not Jack. Jack was waiting for us here. This is as we were coming here. Part of our travels are... Or a blank. Like they don't exist. 
So he looks. He at looks Cap- at yeah. Bottom looks at the others and like you know he's he's getting looking at him like do I tell him the big thing? You know, like like you can see in his eyes. You know, do I tell him about the creature? And he's looking for Ella some sort of will, affirmation from the others. Ella will kind of smooth over saying, because in her mind, saying its name, then African God's name, because this is, even though this we're in Kenya, Egypt is like northward of Kenya, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. part of the and, same continent. Yeah, and so their like, pantheons are going to be kind of similar, or at least they'll may have heard an iteration of its name, so... She would probably like jump in and say, His soul was broken by looking into the face of a horror. A horror which I dare not speak its name. For saying true names brings them to your door. True names. True names. And he's just looking at you, Ella. He goes, I understand. True names. All of you saw the same thing, though. Yes? No? I look at the others kind of nodding yes. I'm assuming we've talked about it and all shared the same experience of seeing the same figure in the sky, right? Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming yeah. we're nodding or affirmation of some kind. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We all saw it. But only this child fell to this more permanent state. The place We know like not this. to look at its face. I see. Hmm. May I... Approach him, Mr. Gavril of Love. <laughs> Please, what the, whatever you need, sir. And I, I kind of hold Oz towards him. Yeah, he he want, he walks around the, the steps over everybody's legs and, you know, feet and stuff as he makes his way halfway around the fire to where you are. And uh, he comes up, looks, and he says, handsome boy. Handsome boy. And he's... Kind of his mother. Many children are blessed to look as the mother. My two sons, they are cursed to look like me. And he's um, he looks at him and he he says, "I'm just going to put place my hand to his chest and then to his brow. Uh, this I can do." Please. Touches his chest and touches his brow and then says, he, he hides. Wait, no. He is hidden. It, something, as he puts his hand on his head, he moves it to the side by his temple, confines him, holds him, fighting me to not, to not see but it is strong. It what does not wish to let him go. It. He is scared. He is. So very scared. He kind of steps back for a minute and he says, "He is. He is in a place where I could, I could, I could get you to, to, to I could get you. But I don't know if it'll let him go." I, he is very old and very strong. Vodham kind of 
looks confused and shaking his head. He looks over at Ella like, I, I, I do not understand. There is a world between places that you uh, people who venture far from the land and build their bricks and cities you don't have your feet pressed to the earth you wear <clears throat> soles to stop your soul from feeling the ground and the blessings of the, the old spirits that created the sky and the, the earth and the rain and fire. By doing these things, people from where the Cavendish comes from distance themselves far away and they lose the ability to understand there are sleeping giants Great creatures of good, but also terrible evil. One of these has your uh, son. I may be able to cross you to where that is. But I have not the strength nor the love for this child. Or the love for you yet, Mr. Gravelov. To make the choice and help him release from what holds him what restrains him you 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 can send me to place to uh to help my son Bottom. is what i am hearing Bottom, i put a hand on his shoulder that is a very dangerous gamble you'd be playing with it is my son's life my life is for nothing going into a realm like that means you are at the mercy the thing we saw. You will not have power there. You are not gifted. This place, Miss Walcott, it is not fully there either. It is tired but, but strong. Tired meaning it cannot push all the way to us yet. It is it is resting but the thing that protects it while it rests has your son, has this boy. And he turns to you and he says, but she is right. Before I send you, and I think you will need your friends as well, to see this place, to know what has him, you do have life and another child here. You have a daughter. And she will also need you. Vadim is taking it in that this man, without being told, knows that he has a daughter. And he, uh, he responds, he says, um, there is, uh, there is old story that, uh, my grandfather would tell me when I was growing up. We grew up in country on farm with herders. And the story of the, the man who cares for his herd, when there is one in need, 
he will leave the herd and go after the one that needs his help because that is the one that needs his help at that moment, forsaking the rest of the herd while he does so. Because that is the need in front of him at that time. If there is something that I can do for my son right now, I cannot uh, pretend to understand what the future will hold for me or my daughter or anyone else for that matter. The only thing I can understand right now is that there is something that I may do for my son here and now. If things were to go wrong, if something were to happen, will she be cared for? As a father, are you ready to have this happen and know that someone else may need to care for her? She has already seen her mother cross the lands and go to the green fields. She already has had this happen. Now her brother falls into this to lose a father. I respect you, Mr. Gavrilov, but just make sure you... In your heart, no. Should you fall, should this thing not want you to leave, should you not feel you want to come back, will she have someone to help her take care of her, to be for her? I cannot say what future holds. She is in care of woman who is good woman. I cannot assume that. But as a parent, when... Faced with the need of a child, with the possible need of another child, you take care of the child that is here in front of you. If there is a child that is injured, is bloody, is sick, that is the child I am going to care for. He takes your hand, and he is holding it, and he says, I'm going to say names. All you have to do is say yes. Catherine? Yes. So he takes Catherine's hand and he puts it towards bottoms and he's holding them and he says, would you be willing to help this child should he not return? Without question. I mean, Christ. No one in this room would let a child that is any child, let alone one that belong that, you know, is our friends. <laughs> like, I, I don't think you need to ask anyone else in this room. He looks at you and he says, you were there for the pots. You are a good choice to take this on. Should it be, should that happen? You are a caregiver. Vadim, is this the one? Would you prefer Faye? Miss Walcott? Just name one. Just you, name uh, one. You ask me to... Uh, you ask me to name one when I am standing amongst one. All of us have become one. And uh, you ask me to choose one? That's like asking me to, uh, to remove a hand or lose a foot. So this is your tribe? I would call it family, but yes. He puts your hand down and he goes, then I feel safe taking you there. I feel safe taking you there. 
Ella looks concerned for a moment and says, like, out of respect, Should I not be here for this? Will my stain... You should be here. Bottom grips Ella's hand and looks at her like, You can't leave. Can I? (laughs) (laughs) I have a genuine reason for maybe not wanting to corrupt the ceremony. Then Catherine goes, can I? No, that was was more of like an internal thought. I'm not like, you know. So Catherine, absolutely. She's backing gently towards the door. Oh, did I back towards the door? How'd that happen? Am I standing in the back? It's it's because I'm walk out. Yeah, it's uh, it's because I'm tall. I'm standing in the back. (laughs) So the answer given given to him that there are many who would help you. Any of these people would be there to support you, and you believe that makes this this journey far more. um, It was a good moment for him. Like he felt like safer. Uh, he was looking just to name, like he was automatically going to pick a woman first because, right, it's just culturally the women would take care of the children more than the men. Uh, men are hunters, men are men are the providers, women are the caregivers. But in this case, you named, you said no matter who was here, I would trust them. That makes him feel that you're one mind, you're one group of people together, you're united against whatever this is. That's important, especially asking them to take this journey with with you, which he feels is important. Like he thinks it's going to take all of you to get this done. Okay. So he starts to mix this, mix that. He looks over at Jack. He kind of nods. He's, you know, Jack, you kind of, you're seeing some of the same things that were used when you stepped out and, and saw that, the, you know, the, the snakes moved and the things were going. The bat was flapping against the rope that tied its feet to the, you know, the ceiling and right. all, the, all the things that moved when you were in your state when you addressed the eye issue the first time with him, you're seeing a lot of those, those things being put together again. Okay. Um, and he starts, you know, he's starting to throw things in the fire and it's, it puffs smoke. Ella, this, what you're sensing from a lot of this, um, is that this is an, this is old magic, right? This is an old style of, but some of the plants you recognize, some little things going like, go ahead and make me an, anybody who has a cult, if you want to throw me in a cult role, uh, just to see how much of this looks real versus how much of this is fake. And, if, you know, just for show. If any of you succeed better than me, I will be resentful. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> my, I'm going to make a roll on my little my little tiny number. All right. Tiny I just only, Unfortunately, I only have a regular success, but it's okay. a success. No? Okay. Anybody okay. else? Catherine? An occult role? Well, listen. It's like, are you crazy? <laughs> on Catherine, she wouldn't even want to look. I'm not even rolling it. On principle, I'm not rolling it. Yeah, it's <laughs> I, when I heard a cult roll, I literally was like, oh, let me refer to my notebook and just jot something down. Let me tune out for a mo. <laughs> on Catherine's sheet where it says 5% default, she just, just scratched it out and says no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not on your life. Scribble, Fade, scribble. do you have a cult at all? I, I do, but um, I, I rolled a I rolled a ninety, so we're not a okay. Ella, you, you with the regular success, uh, there are some things that are that you would you know as as you're watching him do it that are obviously for theatrics, but theatrics are part of a rituals, right? Any ritual has its theatrics. Uh-huh. Uh, the the rest of the stuff, the, some of the the things that it, are definitely meant to create a hallucinogenic effect or a, an effect that's going to allow you to see what he wants you to see or where where he needs you to see. So 
that's all looks real. And, you know, he's, he's crunching things up and, you know, this leaf and that leaf. And you're like, yeah, that's going to cause. Yeah. Okay. So you're definitely feeling like there's, there's, there's magic going on here. There's old school, you know, herbalistic witch doctor type magic. And you believe he's, he's legit. And just some of the things he's mentioned to the team, I'm sure are, are leading you down yeah. to that conclusion, but yeah. It's uh, absolutely fascinating seeing this work because I'm central to Britannica and Euro style and like yeah. seeing this is like ooh window into a new world but at the same time she's still not over the stain on her soul comment well that's but that is you there. know what that's why she that's part of the reason why she's like mm, I don't know if like I'm comfortable with him knowing this <laughs> he knows too much right right the uh the, this goes on for quite some time you know uh it, it's gonna take close to an hour hour and a half he he lets you know he passes around a jug a gourd with some some liquid in it that it's water but it's got some flavoring to it something else is floating in it but he tells everybody just you know stay you know drink it's going to be a while um you know asks you to take you know be patient goes through all of it kind of makes a little bit of small talk but most of the time he's mumbling right he's uh, and he's kind of pushing stuff together and then every once in a while hips and and yips up to the sky holds things high um, it's all about the older style, older school of magic. But, but again, Ella, you see in some of this, you know, I behold the dagger, and you, and, and it's it's brought up, and then it's brought to the, you know, to the four corners, and you seeing a lot of this, a lot of those motions, while, while being culturally different items, maybe that he's using to do those things, they are still the same core, you know, symbols to the to the people you're trying to work with to the. So the ma- the root magic is there, right? That's that's sort of the thread that can't be broken. Otherwise, the spells don't work. There, there's very there's a lot of similarities, even though the awesome. words may be different. Yeah. So that all is going on, and, and finally the smoke the, gets really acrid. He dumps this stuff uh, into the fire underneath, and then starts dropping stuff into the water, and the the steam coming off, and the smoke gets gets really much thicker and denser. And Jack, you immediately, it's like you start seeing the things moving again. Instantaneously, you're going to that place. Everybody else seems to be just kind of, <clears throat> and no one sees this, this happen except for Jack. Okay. You are all focused on the fire. He says, stay, you know, focus on the flames. This is, this is, this is where it'll, it'll happen. This is where the magic will start to take us. I will guide you through the door. Just focus on the fire. And then he looks at you, Jack, and says, you can see already, Mr. Jack Cavendish, yes? I can. Will I see better without my glasses? You can. It probably will do for better. He takes his glasses off. He walks over to you, Jack, and he hands you two vials. And he says, remember, red for strength, brown sap strength. Do not forget this, Jack. Yep. Follow me. The rest of you see him still working a spell. The rest of you see him still throwing things into the fire, mashing up, you know, more stuff uh, into the with a pestle and type of a whatever mortar, like an old rock that's that's you know in a bow in a, like half of a skull that he he's using as the mortar and the pestle, and he's still doing, it, and he's still talking to Ella. Like Jack, you see 
him still doing that, and yet he's walking you out to the door. Like, he's walking you to the tent flap. So he's in two places. He's between two places, right. Okay. Sektu is there, and but Sektu's spirit is leading you away. But you okay. see yourself stand, Jack. Like, the rest of the team sees you there, but you are standing. Like, you don't see your body left behind. Not an astral projection. To you, this is, I'm moving out. I'm walking Oh, so away. I am moving in real time. I don't see, it's not an not outer body experience. No, for you, no. It doesn't appear that way. To you, you okay. feel like you're up and moving. And when he opens the door, when he opens the, when the fla- pulls the flap back on the tent, it's nighttime. And it's a star-filled sky. And the rest of the village isn't there. It's like a tent flap and you step out and there's nothing else there but the ground. Everything else is gone. Oh, it's it's literally just like I guess darkness above darkness and the ground. and a, and, a, and just the 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 open barren you know, the open savanna. Right. And he says, "We have a ways to go." Is it the savanna or yes. is it like a uh, foreign looking? No, no, it's still the savanna. It looks like the village just was picked up and moved. Okay, like so it's just, just yeah, so there. it just looks like savanna at night, like I'm in the middle of nowhere. Right, but the sky is filled with these with the stars, like you know we on the in the northeast and the where we live and the, and the you know the night sky just isn't as bright right because of the the just the the, the dense you know the fog and the carbon and the, the pollutions cities. cities yeah there's just so much misting over the, the the cloud cover and and being a part of breaking that that sky but when you're out in these places that don't have that kind of population that don't have that those pollutants it's a totally different night sky. It's oh, yeah. just oh, breathtaking. Yeah. It's like the Midwest, yeah. And the Arizona one... desert growing up. Exactly, exactly. So there's one star, Jack, that as you look up is just... It's just pulsing. It's just radiating. I, I ask him, what? why is that one star pulsing? He says, it is the star. That star by the old name is Awas. I'm sorry. The star is Awas? Always known to us as this. Always. Is it is it a representation of where you believe Awas is? Or is it truly where he is? Are we looking into another realm? There is a lot here, Jack. Come, we don't have long. It yes. will be needed to take the others with you, me. In your place, one at a time. You've got the potions. You have the vials. Don't lose them. I have them. I make sure that they're safe in my pockets. Come. You start just... The, the jungle's noises are just tones. And what you're getting is the radiant sound of that star pulsing. That space has noise. It's just at frequencies that sometimes we don't, you know, we think of the vastness, the dark emptiness of space. Stars give off sound. And this one sound is just this very similar, Jack, to what he was doing in the hut. Noises he was making in the hut. Okay. So he walks you down by where the river, the water, you know, the during the wet seasons where this river would be. And as you get there, you see these large 
green tentacled type arms. All a mass of them. Like thick, thick boa constrictors. The, the biggest you've ever seen. And lying in the middle of them is Oslin. And they are all clutching onto him and they're streaking slowly across his face and they're they're touching him and it's all these just this thing and it's holding him into the mud on the bank of the river and he looks at you and he goes help help me I am coming I will save you Aslan your father is coming as well Jack there is no saving. There is enduring. Or there is gone. You have the potions, Jack. You need to give him one, Jack. You need to make him endure this. Or let him go. You have, uh, Vadim cannot face this alone. He needs to be back with his daughter. I need all of you to come here one at a time, Jack, and help this child by enduring the pain or stepping away. But I cannot make this choice for you. You have child. to. Then I will choose strength because I will back away from nothing. Jack, look at him. And then you're going to send me in messenger, Joel, what Jack is going to do. The thing is holding him. It is, it is around his neck and his midsection. His chest is barely able to draw breath. He is afraid and he is half buried in the mud. And it's got him. And you can't see a face. The tentacles go down to the water's edge. And it's just... And it, as you come close, it squeezes. And you're... Help so me. for clarification, are you telling me that I either... Give him the strength to endure, but never escape. You don't know how the escape's going to be done. Or, doesn't know. Oh, or okay. You, so, so I either choose, I, or I either play to my character's true nature, or I play against my character's true nature, essentially, is what you're saying, you based off what, of what you, I think is you best. type to me the color you're giving him. And he looks at you, Sektu says, if I left this choice only to Vadim, and brewed these potions that strong, he would never sleep. He would never rest. It would haunt him forever. He already carries two with him. Two that he didn't even know were there. He has guilt, Jack. He is your friend. Whichever you give, added to the others, will make this boy either live like this or not. If you think you can get him back, I don't know how, Jack Cavendish. Maybe if you defeat this thing. Help me. And it can't move its arms. He says, it will not let him go. It will not let him go. Uh, don't say it. Just I know. type it. In messenger to me. So the noise from the star keeps pulsing. You walk over. Do you and you put this vial to his lips, and his eyes are watering, Jack. And as you unstopper the vial you chose, you see the thing pull him a little deeper to the mud. Now, is that because you're letting it take him, 
Is it because you're trying to give him strength? You don't know. But as you pour it into his lips and it dribbles down, Sektu goes, he's your friend. I hope he can understand the choice you make. But you made the choice, Jack. And he puts his hand on your shoulder and he says, I have to get back. Another is ready. I'm so sorry. Do, do I wait here? What do I do? No, come with me, Jack. They'll need to see you near the fire. Can, I not, no can I not stay with him? Can I not fight this thing? With what, Jack? If you touch it, if you reach out and touch the, the tendrils that hold him, it'll coil harder and try to kill him. It'll just take him now. It'll take him and Jack in the water. It will feed. It is only... It is only a little bit holding this boy to the surface of this earth to hold him to the dirt and the mud. If it pulls him all the way down... Come. Why, why did it take him and not the others? Why, why is this boy so vulnerable that they are not? I don't I know, Jack. do not understand. I don't know, but the stars... It is shining brighter. We must go. Okay. Catherine, you step up as... You see Sektu kind of crunching and uh, another puff of smoke in the, th- in the thing. Jack is sitting there. He's kind of just with his, his glasses are off. You've seen his eyes. You know what they look like. He tells you, he looks at you and says, come, Miss Ross. I need a healer. And he st- walks out and flaps open the curtain. You see the same thing. The village isn't there. The stars go on forever. And he points to the brightest and says, Awas, that is known as Awas, the guiding star. You must follow me now, Catherine. We have a journey. You have the vials here. I give these to you. Red, give strength. And brown will take it away. <laughs> you must remember that. You must remember that. The red is thick. It's viscous. It doesn't move well. You can't even tell. It could be blood. You don't know what it is. The brown one is thin like muddy water. But he's he gives them to you, puts them in your hand. He says, we have a ways to walk, please. And he walks you down towards this embankment that, you know, you can see it's far. But it's the, the night sky is giving enough illumination where you can make it out at the edge. You, as you're walking hear a lot of help me and you get to the edge and you see Oslin and he's partly into the mud up to his arm like he's laying flat on his back but his arms you can't find them like they're not there they're pinned to his body his legs have been wrapped around by this thing it's coiling around him and all you can hear is the sucking of the mud as it moves Catherine dives as if to grab him like to try and like no he grabs you no Catherine no what do you mean no Catherine what do you Vadim, mean no Vadim is faced with a terrible a terrible choice And he needs all of you, those he cares for and loves, to help him make that choice and know in his heart he made the right one. You either help this boy endure this until it can be beaten, and I don't know if that will even release him. Or you take him away and you give him peace. And it's just crut... It's just all over him like a boa constrictor. It's, It's coils are moving the... 
it's leeching out and you hear Grin. Please. She's kneeling as close as possible. Like not I'm not gonna touch it, but she's kneeling as close as possible. Oslin, I know this I I can't know what you're going through. This is terrible. We're she's like really like crying like this is i can't help him her nightmare that she had last episode was indicative of i can't help this boy right and but you can it's the part of being a nurse and a doctor when you either have when the patient goes or you try to get them to fight you're looking at someone who is in a terrible position and he could have to endure this for months or years or at for eternity. You don't know. But you have a choice. And that etern- you either choose to make him that he'll go on fighting. You're going to give him enough strength to try to hold on. Or you're going to let him find a place of peace. Now, Sektu says to you, ah, it is not an easy choice, Catherine. No, it's not. But you are a you are a healer. You give comfort, but you also want those who wish to fight to fight. Look in his eyes. What do you see? You make the decision on what you see. Do you see the spark fighting, or do you see the the body letting go? Text me the color. Oh. I'm trying to come up with comforting words to say, but my throat feels like it's closing up right now. <laughs> I'm so stressed. Okay. Messaging the color. All right. He watches you go up, remove the stopper as soon as I get the notification. Oh, sorry. There you go. Okay, and you, Catherine, it doesn't have maybe the effect you were hoping for. It. (laughs) And it starts to twist him in the mud, and it rolls him, and his face gets covered in the mud, and you see him, like, jerking. Sec two, what the fuck? He's like, you made a choice, Catherine, I don't know. And he's and it turns him back over, and his face is now covered in mud. And he's like, <gasps> "We have to get back. We have to get back. We Oslin, have to get please, the others." I thought I was doing the right thing. Please. And he leads you. He's like, "Come. We have not much time." Why can't I, I have... stay with him? This is this is terrible. This is who it is. This is Shakoto's wrath. And he starts walking, and he names it. He says, "This thing. It is one of his. It is one of his." And he brings you into the te- back into the tent, and you sit down, and he's he throws more stuff on the fire. Vadim, you've you've been holding Oslin, and he's kind of moved in your arms a little bit. Um, Jack's sitting there with his glasses off, kind of staring in the smoke. He's very like quiet. Catherine, you're sitting there now. You're looking around, and Miss Walcott, I need you. She silently stands up. So. You walk out. Everyone else, again, sees Ella still sitting there focusing on the fire. He opens the door, the flap door, Ella, and he says, 
I'm going to give you a chance to help your friend. This red vial is to give strength. The brown is to take it away. It is to sap strength. To bring peace. If that is what you wish. And he hands them to you. And he says, come with me. We have much to do and not much time left. The star is already, it is even changing color. Awas knows. That is the portal, the gate. The guardian. And it knows. Come. We must head to the, the, the edge of the river. We must go down by the water and see what is there. Ella, you see walking alongside of you, masked shapes, frightening tribal masks watching you, leaping every once in a while, getting closer, but they're all really like shadowy and not there. It's like they're doing this in the same area, but not to you. You're not even sure they know you're there. Like at one point, they're in the path and Sektu walks through them and makes this ward against evil and keeps walking. But you see these terrible masks. And he's like, he says, many places can converge sometimes. Uh, They are coming closer. They are soon to come through again and they are making their way. They are readying their war parties. Readying to come upon us again. It is an old hate. And they serve an old hate. He takes you down. Ella, the walk is hot. The night is not as cool as you remember it. It is the heat is just making you sweat. It's just pouring off of you. Like you just feel like it's such a struggle to keep walking. But he seems normal, and he's outpacing you like he's starting to pull away. But you're having this hell of a hard time walking. And you're I actually sh- having it's shortness of breath. I shout out, is this because of, uh, I'll do the yellow voice, sorry. Is this because of what I did? This exhaustion? Maybe. We all have done evil. We have all made choices. Nobody enjoyed it, though, did they? Or at least they shouldn't. I didn't, and it took time for it to fade. Eventually, my my powers and my aura cleansed, cleansed itself, came back. The Steiners will be with you for some time. Not to interfere so much with you, but they will be on your conscience. Perhaps tonight you will be able to mend some of that. You get there and you see Oslin. His face has got mud on it now. He's wrapped inside coils of tentacled arms that look like boa constrictors around him. It's green and slimy. The heat coming off of it is just unbelievable to you. Like, like you just sense this thing is radiating an intense heat from the arms of the of the the creature that's got him and he says the bulk of it lives deep in the water but here ella help me you must make the choice to give vadam's son 
some of your own strength to keep fighting, to keep enduring. Or peace. Peace from the pain. You see he's, he's crying. Um, he says, but I cannot ensure you, Ella, that this fight won't go on for eternity. I don't know if it can be bested. But you need to help. Because Vadim cannot face this alone. He's lost too much. He needs to know the people he loves and trusts would do the same that he would think to do. To make this choice. To guide him. Ella's... Again, she's trying very hard not to cry or do any like show emotion. She's trying to be as logical thinking about it and like a puzzle but she begins pacing and she um she asks sec to this one thing uh i would ask only one thing i is it possible to rebanish it and then he will be free anyway or is it always going to be like this no matter what we do You are smart to ask such a question. This thing collects strength and souls to help Shakotal open the portals and have Awas bring the way. It has awoken. Even if you were to push it back all the way into the stars, I don't know if this would follow. All I can tell you is he is here. And right now he either needs you to believe in him or believe that he cannot be that it cannot be bested and that he should just go to his mother, go to his other siblings. Take this off of Adam's plate. Let him grieve and move on. That is your choice, Ella. Text me your decision. He walks you back. He looks at you and says, I did not see what you gave. But look. It's cooling. Your brow. Already the sweat seems less. Maybe you did the right thing, Ella. In your heart, I know you tried. Let's hope he can forgive me. Uh, I'm sorry. Look at. Let's hope he can forgive the choice I made. You see Ella sitting there. Everybody's done. Everybody's together again. That's, you know... Ella's there, and all of a sudden, Faye, it's like, this is taking forever. And finally, Sektu is standing, and he says, Miss Faye, it's time. It's time to be there for your friend. Faye gets up, and she follows him without looking back at anyone. He opens the flap, and the village isn't there. And he looks at you, and he goes, I know you've seen this before. I have. The stars look just like... They did. Like that bright, like that night in the gorge down in Mexico. 
mm-hmm. when you kept coming out of the tent and entering into that place, a place where a tribal people were doing terrible things with masks. And you see the same masks moving, things moving all around you, but they're not all there. And he says, you know suffering, Faye Dawson. You know pain. What I'm about to show you, it's going to break your heart. My heart's been broken enough. I can handle it. You have great strength. And I am sorry that what happened those years ago when your father and made choices that it roused something something that feels it's owed that there is a due I know that you bear this burden, but your friends, like you are tonight for Vadim, your friends will be there for you. And in the end, they will help you. Believe me, they will help you. He keeps walking you along, and these things in the masks are getting, like, they they literally come up and they almost, like, big face you and they move their heads back and forth. And they have these, they're just drawn menacingly. You know, the the way that they appear, the jagged teeth are cut out of the wooden masks, and they they're 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 kind of this, but they're not there. Like they're they're they you could put your hand through it like smoke, but they're just these things, these moving around. And as you reach the water's edge, he looked down and you see the same thing that the others have seen, right? And he hands you the vials, and and he explains the red and the and the black brown, right? He says, Oslin is in the coils. Of one of the big, one of the most destructive and terrible servants of Shokotl. He is in pain. He needs you to make a choice. If you give him the red vial, you will pass on to him a part of your strength to keep fighting, to keep enduring. But if you give him the brown, you will take what little strength he has left so he can go away. All of you will be helping make this decision. There are five. The majority will rule. You have to choose. The mud is now covering most of his chest. His face is covered. He's looking at oh, one of his eyes is covered in muck, and it's he's just looking out the other one. So he's got one eye trying to focus on you, Faye, and he's just shaking. He's like, "Please." I sort of kneel down, not getting too close to him, mm-hmm. and I just say, "I really hope I'm right, sweetheart." And then I'll pour whichever vial I choose. Okay. The water, it, it's, the water has risen. It, it's maybe not that, that you don't recognize, but as a narrative, the water is cl- like, the river water is pushing by underneath his neck. It's just, this thing has just got him and has turned him. When it sees you approach, it kind of 
jerks it backwards towards the water. It doesn't want you getting near him. Send me the color and we'll see where we go from there. If Adam has the final say or. Okay. He walks you back and he says. You were brave to make the tough choice. You are brave. And I know that Vadim would appreciate what you chose. I just hope I'm right. There's no wrong. He either goes on or he doesn't. There's always a wrong. And he puts you back in the tent, back into the hut. Finally, Vadim, he, you see him like look up at you and he says, are you ready? It's time. This is out of body, right? No, so I'm, to you, I'm no longer. You don't, no, I'm no you, longer sitting there holding, holding Oz. Well, Oz isn't in your arms, but you're not. You stand up and you see yourself stand up around the fire. You're not left behind, but Oz isn't there. I nod to him and follow. He opens the flap of the tent, and the village is gone. Right, same thing. <laughs> village is gone, but the night sky is massive, and the star is pulsing. This really just weird green color and he goes that is where the the evil originated far out into the space far out into the night where awas guards the portal and the portal is awas your friends have already come before you vadam they've come and they have helped make a choice They did not want to take it from you. They wanted to share it with you to take on this burden because you said you would trust them with his life. I give you the choice. The red vial will help your son endure the trial he is going through, the confinement, the pain. The brown will let him find peace. I cannot say to you that the enduring will not last an eternity. I don't know. But there is a choice. And he starts walking. I'm following him. Yeah. It's a while in silence. You see... Images, um, tribal images, things that they don't look like the same people. They're longer. Their um, their limbs are much longer, almost as if they have almost an extra segment. But they're wearing these masks, and they're very, you know, they when they stretch up, they're tall. And they're kind of like, it looks like they're almost laughing or celebrating the walk down towards the riverbed. Down into where Sektu is taking you on this journey under this massively bright night sky. And he gets to the edge and down there you see Oz. And Oz, I've described it as a player, you know what you see, but for you, you can't, you actually can feel. Everyone had a different sensory input, right? Um, Jax was, you know, how big the creature, the thing was. Catherine could hear the noises. Faye felt the heat. 
Ella, um, I'm sorry, Ella felt the heat rather. Faye could saw the water moving around him and 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 the wetness of the swamp. You feel the pain. You can feel as a father what's going on, how bad this is for him. And yet, you're a fighter. You have to make a choice. And he says, I wish there was an easy choice to make. I I just think Vodum would would scream and rush towards him. And he and he grabs you. He says, if you if you touch the tentacles, they will drag him under. It'll be over. The choice will be made for you, Vadim. There'll be nothing left of him. He's right there. My son, my son. And uh, Vadim's just crying and crying out for Oz. He's there. He sees you. Look, he can see you. And you see his one eye that's not covered in the in the dirt and the debris looking at you. And he says in Russian, please. Papa. I drop down to uh, the side of this pool or wherever it is to make sure that he can see me. And I ask him, my son, do, do you want me to release you or do you want to fight a man's choice should be his own he tries to mumble and the thing clutches his mouth and starts jerking him around and then settles it back down as he's now he's looking at you like over his shoulder trying to see you and and Sektu says it will never let him choose he's a puppet to it I'm so sorry. Vodum with uh, the tears kind of streaming down his cheeks. He stands up just stoically and he nods at Sektu. And he says, um, there never really was a choice. He chooses the potion. Send it to me. And I will tell everybody what they say. And all of that, you're going to have to remind me again. Okay. You stand there for a moment. And the thing starts to, to clutch at him harder. And Sektu grabs onto you and he says, Your friends, they came here tonight. Because you trusted and loved them. And you would put your daughter's soul and her body in their care should anything happen to you. This choice was not just yours to make. And you are the father, but you have suffered and endured much. Know that whatever happens, they were here with you. They were here with you. And you look back and he's not there. The water is just bubbling. And he says, we should go. I want to wait. I will. I will sit and wait with you. Thank you. He sits on the bank. Stars pulsing. 
sounds are the things that were in the mist and the fog that were shadowy and smoky. They're at the water's edge. They're running around it, moving around it. He doesn't come back up. After a moment's time of just seeing the stillness of whatever this creature in this pit liquid is, he turns to Sektu and he says, um, I'm ready to go. His life is lived. His path is finished. I will see him again one day. I promise you, you will. I promise you. As one father to another. I swear it. And he starts walking you back. Okay. You enter the hut. Everyone's there. Everyone's kind of sitting around. Jack, you're almost like... Everybody go like nobody knows who actually went out when didn't go out. Um, the only thing is everybody kind of looks around now, and Oz is not breathing. He's just kind of passed away, and that's where we'll end it for tonight. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cthulhu in Cairo. You can like, share, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. The music you're listening to is Return of the Mummy by the great Kevin McLeod. Join us next time to see where our intrepid explorers find themselves next.